Okay, everybody, welcome to the Dogcast. Um, we got Liam Gray out of Medway, Mass. here today. UMass mm-hmm. little student, yep. engineer. Uh, what, what kind of engineering is it? Mechanical. Mechanical engineering. So yep. you build, like, shit stuff, you know? Yeah, I yeah. built some stuff. Which is fire. I built some stuff. So we got some a really cool fella here with us today. I love Liam Gray. Everyone loves Liam Gray. Um, but what you should do first is probably subscribe, you know? You should probably like the video, even. If you're watching that video, or say you're on Spotify. Some people watch on Spotify, right? Really? Listen, They listen on Spotify. That makes sense. So you know what they should do? They should follow and and add it to their like Support podcast shows. Man. Support. <laughs> it's fucking free. I don't ask them for no money yet. Okay, so uh, now that that's out of the way. Liam, how yeah. you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Any, anything going on today? Or is this Nothing. your entire activity? This is it so far. This is the, this is the main event of mm-hmm. your life so far, really. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> so you I remember last week we wanted to do this but we both forgot and yeah. <laughs> we didn't say anything and then like all of a sudden Saturday rolled by I was like was I supposed to minute. message Liam? Oh I did the same thing. <laughs> I, was I was like, like wait I thought he wanted to do this. I was like, if he if he don't I care I don't care. No, it don't no. matter. Um but you're often very busy. Yeah. You got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of a stuff. A lot of projects and stuff. And you told last me week was Kind of like the workload involved, and like just like how long, how long you're working on these things. Yep. But what exactly, like, what do you do? Like, what do you, what do you do in these things? Depends on the class. Right. It's like one class. I don't even know where to start. It's just mixtures of stuff. One class is just labs, running an experiment, recording all the data, processing the data, making your graphs, and then you got to write reports and all that stuff. Right. Another class is just figuring out how this, like, thing works. I don't really know. So what are the names of these classes? All right. I guess that'll that'll help. That might help. So I got, we got heat transfer. Heat transfer. Yeah. So, like, conductance, convectance, radiation. Yep. Stuff like that. Um, We have controls of automated systems. That's probably the most interesting. That's the most okay. That's the most interesting automated system. So that's like how yep. shit works without us trying to tell it, without yeah. us like having to do it. Like like it's stop like lights, controlling sensors and stuff. Okay, no, yeah. I'm with you. I'll give you an example after. And then I got applied strength of materials, and then measurement and instrumentation laboratory. Okay. Yeah. So those are like the ones that I'm taking now. Okay. So you so here so here's what we're gonna do. Here's what happened. So mm-hmm. you just said them in um. You just said the name of these classes. The names of these classes are like, it's basically a big like, I'm like, huh? Because I don't yeah. really know. I'll what. give you an explanation. So give me like an explanation slash cool example yep. for each of these things. Okay. So start with the first one. So I'll do, I guess I'll just talk about the project we just did for that heat transfer class. Heat transfer. So you got a river, right? I'm Somewhere not... out there, the river's like, the temperature of the river is like zero degrees Celsius. The Merrimack. Then you got an oil pipeline, right? Because that's how you get oil around, is you put yeah. it through a pipeline in the ground and it runs. It has to go through the river at some point. Okay. Right? So gonna... that oil is pumped, is like heated up in that pipe so that it's easier to flow, right? Think about like molasses. Yeah. Like the hotter it is, the easier it is to flow. Never thought Right? Of that, so you save yeah. some energy. When it goes from the ground through the river, there's... It's in a steel pipe of certain thickness and the whole project and in the class, you can calculate the difference in temperature from when it enters the river to when it leaves and the total amount of energy in watts that like leaves the oil 
Really? So how much energy the oil gives to, like to the water, or the water takes from the oil right. through the pipe. And then you can calculate what temperature it enters the water and what temperature it is when it leaves the river. So it's useful. So it's they give so, you like the distance. It sounds simple. And there's like it doesn't sound simple things. at all. This sounds, <laughs> it sounds wildly like but it's useful. intricate. It's useful. Because well, you got to know. You're going to be like, oh, if it's going to drop five degrees over this length of the river, I got to pump it in at a higher temperature. Because if it's too low, then it's like, oh, it's going to like get mm-hmm. close to being a solid, more viscous. Right. And then it's not going to go. And then, the, yeah. And then, because so, okay. So there's a probably, I assume, a good balance of like, because if you have to heat these things, right, mm-hmm. that costs money yeah. and energy too. Yeah. It's all about money in the end. Yeah. Because we want to save money, mm-hmm. which is typically means you're saving energy. And just energy efficiency. In yeah, energy that's efficiency. Something. We've had ethics discussions in that class about that. Okay, see, that's another good topic. Yeah. Because energy, uh, energy efficiency in general is a pretty, like, mm-hmm. that, that's something we all know about. But this yeah. is interesting. I like to learn this stuff because engineering is very cool to me. It's something that mm-hmm. I definitely might have done had I not been a business guy. I'm totally it's, a business guy. It's sure. very interesting. There's definitely, it was, like, the first few years, like, freshman, sophomore, you weren't really doing engineering. It was, like, just giving you the skills of yeah. getting there. You take all the math classes there are to take, your gen eds, everything. Mm-hmm. And then they ease you into, like, the beginner actual mechanical engineering courses. And then these courses right now, it's, like, everything from all those classes have come together to let us solve, like, that and the other problems we do in the other classes. It all builds on itself. So they gave you, like, a distance... Mm-hmm. A volume of the water, the pressure against the pipe, because that matters, right? I assume we actually could just exclude that, and we only cared about the temperature. And oh, that's that's, was, that's nice. It's called convective heat transfer. So con- con- the water wait, flows. Convex isn't con- that means so you have like a fluid. Into it. Convective is like fluid flowing across the surface and taking it away. Really? So think about when you blow a fan on your skin. Okay. And your skin feels cooler. That's because the heat that's just standing there is getting pulled away by the air and the air is a fluid oh so wow. it's the same thing with the water the, the surface of the pipe is or like the oil is like hotter than the water so when the water flows over it it picks up some of that heat and takes it wow. away you know wow. so this is fascinating it. it's crazy <laughs> no but this is this is why engineering is so amazing to me that's just like one little thing little example not little. It's obviously it's. it's mm-hmm. But that's the thing. It's in every city. You yep. need that. Mm-hmm. Any city, especially near like rivers and stuff like that's something that's very common. But it's also such a small piece of the puzzle when it comes to engineering. You could be an engineer for sixty years mm-hmm. and never even have to know that. No. And you'd be completely fine. That's the thing. Like, not even completely of... fine. You could be the greatest engineer of all time and never <laughs> have to do that. That's yeah. the crazy thing. You kind of just figure out what you're best at or what you like doing the most and then you go get a job that just kind of deals with that and you just do that and then well that's what the dudes with phds do is they get an undergrad and they realize i really like this i don't really like doing that as much i'm better at this i better understand it let me get my master's in it oh i really like it may as well just get my phd what have you found to be your thing like what's your thing in there i don't know yet i like all of it there's a lot of cool stuff is general engineering like a like a piece of the puzzle what do you mean like is that like like, I think of it, because the way you just described it kind of makes me feel like, it makes me, reminds me of, like, how doctors are put, like, I can be mm-hmm. pediatrics, I can yeah, be exactly. endo. Yeah. So, like, but there's some people that are general mm-hmm. and just cover all the bases. Maybe yeah. they hop from one to one to one just because they're very, like, they like just problem solving, really. Yeah. It becomes their, 
well, now I'm comparing to engineering. Engineers, like, maybe they don't have an affinity to anything. They just yeah. like to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And maybe a team will bring them in because they're valuable because they've seen other, like, realms yeah. of the industry. Mm-hmm. So is that something – is that, like, a thing or am I making this up kind of? Like, no, is that not – Okay, yeah, so you being like a general yeah. engineer is real. Yeah. There's okay. people who just kind of do generic. And, I mean, you got good, you got bad engineers, you got people who are, like, brilliant and push stuff to the edge and then people who are just kind of there to do the busy work. Yeah, so sometimes. mechanical – is like the the nuts and bolts. I can give you, I'll give you more examples. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, I'll talk about this next class, and then I'll talk about yeah. this third one. That's the one I'm most interested in so far. So this next class right. is called Applied Strength of Materials. So it's calculating the internal energy in materials. So like this table. So this table. So I push with a certain amount of force. It doesn't move. Yeah, we got a lot of. Force but you're table. you're pushing, right? Yeah, you are. So the table's pushing back. You so don't... the table's pushing back. Right. It's supporting you. So there's, you know, the geometry, the height, the length, the thickness, what the material's made out of, like, whatever. And uh, you can calculate how much energy is inside the table because you've pushed on it. Because the table has to push back, so then it's bending this way. It wants to shear. So, like, if you put enough force, eventually, it would, some things would, like, shear. Okay. Or, like, buckle. We just learned about buckling. Yeah. So, like, pushing down on, like, a, like a column, and it, instead of it just cracking off, like, just... a piece of styrofoam, yeah. it just bends and, like, compresses and just buckles. Mm-hmm. So, we're learning about that stuff. So, it's cool. So, we just did a thing, a project, same thing last week. That's why it's so fresh in the mind. Um, so, there's – it was, like, a little Ninja Warrior thing. <laughs> and it was basically you have a support coming out of a wall, mm-hmm. and then you have another support – with a cross beam and there's a ring and you're having a contestant who's hanging on the ring okay. and you knew the lengths, you knew how thick in diameter, you knew the shapes and material strengths and everything. And we were able to calculate if this person weighs this much and is pulling down, how far will that bend? Wow. Yeah. So we just did a whole project. That is that. so crazy. Like, yeah. So what are the applications of that? Like endless, there's so much stuff you can do with that stuff. I mean, you have to calculate it because if you're like, oh, I'm gonna use this piece of machinery to lift this wicked heavy thing, you need it to be able to withstand that without deforming, right? Like a forklift. Yeah, like the forklift, the the tongs on the forklift are gonna bend a bit, but they're not gonna snap off. You need to. Know you need that. to know. You need to know all that stuff. <laughs> that stuff happens everywhere. That's uh, I like said, this. This is a certain thickness and made of a certain material, so it doesn't, so it can support all this. Stuff. Right, and it has a certain amount of pressure on that end, because if if you like loosen it to a certain degree, it'll just kind of don't. Yeah. Wow, this is fascinating. This yeah. is very fascinating. Yeah. So, what was I gonna say? I say this example a lot. So I heard that there was this architect that built a library. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. Uh, Amherst Library. I don't know if it's that one. that one. No, it's not that one. Was okay. it that one? The one where they didn't account for the books. That was the UMass Amherst Library. Are I think fucking so. serious? <gasps> the bricks started falling. Sick as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so like they didn't account Stuff for the like books. That. Yeah. Because that's more weight that you don't envision being on the other. Uh, the, the bricks were supporting. That's kind of what that is. The bricks were able to support it, so they were either breaking or getting shot out from the excess internal pressures. That's what that is, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. That's that class. That's so <laughs> sick. All right, yeah, that's interesting. Did yeah. they? Do you know that example? Is that from? I've like, heard that before. You just yeah. heard it before in life. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right. right, next one. Next class is really interesting. And maybe it's just because we have a really young professor who's like really exciting the way he explains it's everything. usually what that does. Yeah. yeah. So this is like the most generic and easy example of it. So your oven, right? Mm -hmm. So you set your oven to a temperature. Okay. What it does, the oven just has a rod in there that you shoot electricity through that gets hot. And that's how it raises the temperature in there. Really? That's yeah. how that works? Unless, well, it could be propane, whatever. Basically, yeah, it's a yeah, heat yeah. source. When you turn it on, it goes, oh, this is my temperature. It's at room temperature. I need to be at 400. Turn everything on to the max. Everything goes on to the max, and the temperature shoots up. Then it reaches 400, and it goes, oh, I'm at 400. Turn off. But those things are still hot. They don't just, like, instantly stop making heat. So you yep. overshoot it, and then it'll cool off in there. And then you hit 400, and it's, like, cool. And then you keep going. And then it's, like, oh, turn it on. And then it's like this. So like overall, it's like it's kind of the response thing. to like saying 400 is it goes up, it overshoots, slightly undershoots, slightly overshoots, slightly, and then it settles at 400. So there's like, okay, that's how all the systems responses are. And then you can use things to control how it responds. It's like tuning. You can tune a system um, to go like if you wanted it, like the idea response of it would be boop like do it real quick yeah so you can control how fast you can anticipate like you can do, oh you can... i'm only this far away this is super simplification of it but like yeah. i'm only this far away from like i'm just this under like and you can control like the overshoot how fast it gets to the temperature you want and all that stuff so you can so this is the, basically like kind of the way that it works would be say an oven not the way it works but like the way i guess the application of it would be like all right we want this to preheat really fast. And, like, the whole goal, mm -hmm. it's just a race to who can make a the preheating oven the fastest yeah. based on – but can you improve? You, you can. You can. You can make one preheat faster. You just got to have more energy. You got to – you require more energy. And okay. there's a limitation. Eventually, there's only so much energy you can ask for before the system just, like, I can't provide it. Yeah. You know, there's only so much coming out of the wall that the oven's plugged into. Right. So, so do you think, is there like, um, so right now, like the, the way it has to be is it kind of has to do this for a little but bit. That's what like traditional ovens would do. And so, so is there another way, say like, there's, say like, could another oven possibly just slowly always, if you went slow, slow enough, because yeah. this is always going quick, so that's why it, it needs to go like that. If it's slow enough, you could just hit 400 and stop. Yeah, but that's going to take way longer. That's going to take way longer. It's like that response would it take longer? would be like over here. Yeah, it would take longer. To, to reach equilibrium. Without not, not to hit not to Some hit systems 400. you can't overshoot. You need to do that. Some things need to do that. Really? Some systems, because you, you can deal with the overshoot. Like the oven, who cares if it goes to 425 and it comes down? Yeah. Some things you can't have it go over it. So you have to do that. Depends on your application. Is that how like um like showers work too? Uh showers are just simple showers are just a ratio of cold water to hot water it's like when you turn the thing i think it's just a like a ball valve and you got two like hot water cold water yeah. coming in, in the middle and they mix and you just have a valve and it just determines how much water comes from which pipe and that's oh, how you get really? the temperature yeah you're just manually opening and closing a little valve thing and it just controls how much hot water this mixes with sick, how much dude. cold water and then you get a like just a temperature that comes out. <laughs> so is there um so in the engineering world, right? Yeah. Is there just like cuz I feel like there's so everything has a, has a different solution. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like if I think of basketball, 
I'm going to mm-hmm. try to relate to basketball as best yeah. I can. So my team has bad three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. So the answer is to get three-point shooters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but in, and that's just how things work. Like, whatever the issue is, you solve it the same way every time. Mm-hmm. But I feel like since there's no two same issues in engineering in terms of, like, you know, obviously two showers or two showers. But, like, you can't relate a shower to a stove like I was just trying to do. No. Because everything yeah. has so many variables in it that it's not like, oh, we need this to get hotter. You can't solve it all the same way. You can mm-hmm. look at those principles maybe and it can, like, yeah help you. But, like, everything is its own. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Uh, Some things uh, there's, like, one right way to do it. Some things there's does it stress also, like, you out? just a bunch of stuff. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like so do your teachers make you discover these things or do they, they teach, teach it? They teach it and then you It'd be apply sick it. to discover though. Yeah. If you feel well, like you're that's what the kind shit. of projects are. It's like sometimes you dive in and you try to figure it out. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's really yeah. cool. But, so yeah. You said uh like a lot of times we talk about like environmental or like energy efficient ethics. Yeah, we have talked about So that. what's like these conversations? what do these conversations go like? It's just like energy standards. There's energy standards for stuff like windows ha- can't allow so much energy to leave otherwise your house is gonna lose stuff and that's lose bad energy. for the environment because then you no ma- they don't care about how much money you spend but it's bad for the environment just because they have to you have to make more energy to supply to your house yeah you gotta burn more oil which we which know that's that the, yeah we want an as energy efficient a system as possible yeah so i heard i don't know how much you know about this but like i saw with my class, some kid presented about this. Uh, Apple is trying to get to like a carbon neutral by 2030, mm-hmm. and I guess they've like improved by like 70 percent of their carbon emissions in the cool. past like seven years, something mm-hmm. like that, ten years, and they want to get to carbon neutral. Yeah. So is that like actually feasible? <laughs> I feel like that like I doesn't have... make sense to me. How could you not? It just means that the amount of emissions you make you also like clean pollutants out from the environment i think okay. so i think like i don't really know exactly i haven't looked into it but i know i've heard like costa rica is carbon neutral really i think costa rica is i could be totally wrong and it's something okay. else completely different All right. but i'm pretty sure i saw that like costa rica has been no carbon emission at least in their like energy production interesting so because they have like those rivers and the waterfalls. Right. So they can right, harvest energy right, from right, those. Right. I was just gonna yeah. kinda ask that, like yeah. so how could they do that? Yeah. Mm. So um you engineering obviously. Why uh why would you choose engineering? Did you did, is there like a story or like a thing that you looked at when you were a kid and you were like, How does this work? I guess it just always did. I always asked that. I always wondered it. I always I really liked physics in high school. I had a good mm. physics teacher and that was my favorite class. Physics is cool, actually. Yeah. I was so I, that was my second option for a major. Physics, and that's why I chose mechanical because I felt like it was most the engineering that was most closely related to physics. And you, I felt I didn't want to like if you get physics as a degree, you kind of feel like you, I felt like at that time in high school that you'd then have to go get your PhD and then be a professor and teach it. Yeah, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I was like, no. I want to work a job. I want to do something that I can like make stuff. And that's engineering. Yeah. So, so that's you, why I chose that. Do you feel like um okay, this is a little more of a little little digging a little bit deeper. So yeah. as in, so with these classes, um, or just like what you've learned over time, do you feel like it kinda has changed the way I know engineers think differently than the rest of the human civilization because 
It's true. They really do. And I think everything kind of has a little variation. Like every field is a little different. Like my yeah, field, like marketing, definitely. I think a little differently than everybody else. But I think engineers is a very eye-opening. It's like a third eye type of thing. If you see the world that way, like you look at these things, you kind of like you like know how this shit works. Yeah. Whereas like I'm just trust. I'm just trusting that like y'all got it figured out. <laughs> um, so I feel like with that in mind, and also just the engineering. And scientific minds like that, like everything needs to be proven. Has that like impacted the way you think like daily? Is that like impacted the way you are? I think so. Yeah. Do you have any, I just like, feel like I can ask different questions I didn't know I could ask now. Like I can way? ask be like, oh, how does that work? Now I like I can wonder about things I didn't used to know I could wonder about. Right. I guess that's a way of trying to say it. And I can also look at something and be like, I now know how that works. That's cool. Yeah. That makes sense why that does that. Is it like, uh, so you don't, because like, I know when I walk around, I'm, like, I'm look, like, look around right here right now. We're in the basement. This And everything's open to us. We can see all this shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. <laughs> like, just looking around, like, like, what? Is this all, like, this all, but this all, like, in I can a way. Understand some, most you of can kind of look like, around and at least I, feel like. At least make an educated guess on most of what it does. Which is pretty fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, a different way to be. And do you think, like, maybe a lot of it's very, like, scientific of, like, this needs proof, this needs answers. Do you feel like you find yourself, like, looking for more solid evidence and proof? Like, do you need things to be, like, shown to you, proven? Or, like, do you still feel like you have a lot of, like, trust and belief in, like... It depends on the thing. Like, if if, if it's something that's trivial, I'll just be like, all right, where? That's how it works. But if it's something <laughs> that, like, is a little controversial and someone's, like explaining it i'm like i wonder if that's actually how that works with anything in general not just like yeah mechanical it's stuff. everything it's everything because uh and see i find myself a lot of times i'm like all right like i, I read something on uber facts and it's just like true forever like yeah and that's just the way i think now from now to the end of time mm-hmm. i take a lot of things face value you yeah. know the only things that i see differently now are ads mm-hmm. like, i see ads a little weird mm-hmm. yeah. i see yep. like um, any marketing at all, any like like your hat right now. I've been looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Landry's bicycles, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that's a branded hat. And your shirt, Snowbird, it's Snowbird. a brand, branded shirt. Yeah. And I just see these things a little different now. Yeah. And I wonder, like sometimes I'm looking at, I look at like my white shirt. There's no like all the branding's on the inside, mm-hmm. which is a little confusing to me because I'm like, if it's your like, brand why wouldn't you want to why show wouldn't it you off? want even just like a little thing on the on the sleeve like yep. a little like one of those little tags you know what i'm talking about like the ones that could just go on the edge put like hanes on it or whatever yeah and that's so this Someone's is like oh that's a nice shirt i like how it looks right but What's you never know so for me i like your hat i like your shirt like yep. especially the hat i like the hat a lot Thanks. it's cool <laughs> so like so for me i but i and i like how they put their logo right on it and it just yeah. makes sense to me but this is the stuff i think about mm-hmm. which again probably most people don't Whereas you, it's, like, more with, like, how things work. Yeah. That's so cool to me. Yeah. That's very, very cool. So, honestly, so this is, honestly, I have a really bad but good segue at the same time. Cool. So, golf. Golf. We golf. We golf. You golf a lot. You golfed a lot you this summer. You do, too. I wouldn't get I, I, I did better this summer than I ever usually do. Yeah. But, um, so you just started. Mm-hmm. That is a very mental game. Very. I'd say, like... 90 percent because honestly if you just like had any normal human strength but had like the mental ability to just hit it straight mm-hmm. you could take your putter 
and go out there and do better than some other people. Like, just, just putting it. Yeah. Or as I was saying, just throwing it. Like, if we had the yeah. accuracy, you could literally, like, throw a decent round. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like it's very mental. It's the mo- That's the biggest part of it. And, it's just uh, not messing in your own head. So do you feel like you're kind of looking at it from, a, from, a, from like, an engineering perspective in, in any sense? Or are you really just going out there to golf? And I'm just going out there to have fun, <laughs> honestly. It's just fun, so I golf. I like it. Why did you start golfing? I golfed when I was a kid, mm. and then Ethan and I've, I mean, I've always liked it when I was a kid, yeah. and I just kind of forgot about it for a long time, and then Ethan and Henry were like, yo, come to the driving range. I was like, they had to convince me. I couldn't even hit the ball off the tee, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I'll keep trying at this. It's a, I, it's a new could, thing to do. Couldn't even hit it, and I was like, this is great. <laughs> well, I couldn't at first, and then I kind of figured it out a little bit more. Once you start striping some. Yeah, that's what it was. You know? It was like, oh, I hit that straight. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, for me, like. Try. And then you, I went home, and I was like oh, Dad, can I just try your old clubs? And he was like, sure. And then I just kept going and doing it. It was something else to do, especially yeah. while we were just working. Yeah, right, right, so. over the summer. I'm thinking, like, when I uh, – like, there's different frontiers you kind of have to reach to rekindle the interest. Like, I remember I first got decent. Like, you get, like – or at least I got first became able to play, mm-hmm. and that was fun for me. Like, I couldn't – I could yeah. – you know, you're old enough, you can carry your bag, you can go – and pay you can go with some friends you can like you feel you can actually like, move the ball like he's not just hitting it like 150 like when i was a kid mm-hmm. that's what, like the first frontier is like i can actually hit this driver i can that too i can play a whole game mm-hmm. you know i can play a whole but then like the next piece is like you get decent you're pretty good like average and you start hitting like you know you like you think of something and then you can do it yeah because like a lot of times that confidence ain't there for a lot of people mm-hmm and then the next frontier for me has been like now I'm starting to put a little bit of curve on some on some shots, yep. and I'm starting to like try some things. Like I'm hitting the club a little different in different areas, and like it's been fucking me a little bit, <laughs> but at least I can. It's like something to try, something to get better at. Yeah. And I'm like, and then you just keep hitting these frontiers. Like then one day I'll be like around 80, mm-hmm. 80 golf, and I'm like, oh now my new frontier is trying yeah. to get seventy. Like how can I yeah. play as smart as I possibly? Well, that's can? like normal. And then you're like a year ago, like a hundred was normal. Yeah. You, like, redefine what's normal for yourself. Which is really cool. It's a really yeah. cool progression. You can, like, really – it's, like, very tangible. You can, like, very much see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I always say that I feel like I got better at basketball as soon as I graduated high school. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, it, like I yeah. mean, I, there's no, like – Because you haven't played. I haven't played. And, I, and if I go shoot around, like, I can feel like I'm shooting better. But mm-hmm. I can't tell. Mm-hmm. I really can't, like – it's not like golf. Like, I know what I was shooting last year. I know what I shoot this year. Yeah, how do you compare, like, how I played last year? Because there's stats, but at the same time, there's not. Yeah, so I just, you know, that's the thing that makes golf really cool. Plus, you can play mm-hmm. it till you're forever, you know? Yeah, you that's play, like, also life. the big appeal to it. Is yeah. it something you can just work on for the rest of your life? It's pretty cool. I wonder if you did apply some of that engineering brain into it, if you could, like, really, like, know. science your way into being a good golfer. I think it's just natural. I think it's, it's how you can move your body. That's also true. Yeah. My you dad, can be really smart. You don't know how to swing a club. You can understand everything about it. You can understand how to, how you're supposed to swing. But if you can't right. actually make your body do it, then you're screwed. My dad said that I thought – that he was like – because I came back like this summer and started playing. Mm-hmm. And I was playing pretty good. At least in the beginning of the summer, I was playing really, really good. And I kind of was doing okay in the middle. And now this past time we went, like, I was playing awful. But, like, mm-hmm. you know – just moving, still just playing. I thought my season was over, so it was fun to play. Yeah. And then, um, but my dad said in the beginning, something like, "You just kind of like thought your way into being a good golfer." Like I don't like, especially this summer, I did play a lot, but usually I don't play that much. Mm-hmm. But I just show up every year, and maybe it's because I'm getting bigger, stronger too. 
I just get so much better. And, like, because yeah. – but I just think every shot, as I get older, I get more patient. Mm-hmm. I put more thought into everything that I do, every yeah. word I say. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens with my shots. I step up, and I'm like, all right, let me not just, like, hit it. What do I want to do here? Mm-hmm. Do I want to bring it right to the hole? Do I want to put it, like – 20 feet away do i want to get mm-hmm. in front should i lay up all this stuff like you kind of have like more of a thought process as you get older yeah. do you feel like you're getting older i do you I feel, do feel older. wiser yeah smarter yeah a little a little bit more like an adult mature mature that's I'd the say word. that that's a good one yeah i don't know i feel like um do you feel like the people around you can you notice like people becoming more mature yeah like we're I all think we all are there. i think our whole friend group is so a little, oh. Are you a little nervous for, like, the next step? Like, getting becoming, like, like bit, you know, yeah. we're almost done. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have an extra semester committee here, so I'm kind of right. nervous that I'm going to have to do that and just be alone here. Well, I mean, Henry will be here. But it'll be yeah, me and Henry. You guys are all be gone. Yeah, we'll doing be your out of here. But, yeah. So, yeah, what will that be like? <clears throat> I don't know yet. It's a problem for the spring. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but I, I want to go back about the mature thing. Because, right. like... Every single person in our friend group has done internships. I mean, we're all seniors. Yes. Yeah, so has gone through the majority of three, at least three fourths of the college experience, which the entirety of the beginning of your life leads you to. Sure. Everyone's working jobs, whether it's clinical, co-ops, internships, just a summer job, research on campus. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's there building the resumes, gaining experience and knowledge compared to like freshman year. Right. Freshman year, I feel like we were all just like little kids who like barely had scratched the surface of the real world. Now I feel like we've gotten part of the way into the real world and gotten ourselves ready to actually go. Yeah, not even like at the doorstep, like full blown, like taking a step in. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. How much do you find yourself um, observing other people in comparison to like taking care of yourself? What do you mean? Like so, comparing what? Like, how comparing. other people act, how they, like, deal with their schedules or, like, jobs. Like, just, like, in general, like, general thought about others versus thought about yourself. Um, I don't know. Like, whatever that I don't really compare be. You don't have myself. to compare. Yeah. I mean, I guess just observe. Just be like, oh, that's cool. They're doing that. That's awesome. I ask them questions about it, the same way you're asking questions to me. Yeah. Like, oh, how'd that go? How do you like <clears> it? Yeah. You know? I find myself frequently observing. I yeah, do too. I think I like to ask people questions and see how they're feeling about things because I want to know if they're like excited. Yeah, and a lot of them are. Yeah, and it's but also nervous, and it's that's why you ask because you have the same feeling. So I guess you do compare yourself a bit. Like I do. Yeah, you compare and you're like I'm in the same boat as them. May not be the same type of boat, but you're like you're nervous. You're also excited. You're I'm nervous. I'm also excited. Nervous is excitement. That too. If you think it's about part it. Of it. Um, I remember I saw this, like, I think it was a comedian that said it. He said, like, before you get on stage, he said it was, like, this crippling anxiety. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, especially in the beginning, and his heart was, like, beating. And he was, like, really nervous, and, like, he didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. And he felt like he was going to get up there and bomb, and everyone was going to yell at him. And then he'd get up, and then he'd do amazing. And he said it was the most exhilarating feeling in his life. And so what happens is... It's all, you're only seeing, like, it's like seeing, like, the head side of a quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, you can only see one side at a time, yeah. you know? So you're no, looking at the nerves. Yeah. It's all nerves. It's all heads. You and can't then see through. You can't see through the other side. You don't know because it, it's all heads. So mm-hmm. you can't, like, you know, it feels bad. Yeah. And it just flips. 
and now it's excitement, it's exhilaration. That's yeah. how I feel about like uh, when I first tried like some roller coasters. I hate yeah. roller coasters. Really? Hate them. Hate them. Well, you went on them with us. Right? No, I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there. You're right. Which is sad. Yeah. I was busy that day. I forgot what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I was busy that day. But I wanted to go because I wanted to give it another shot because I think it's like I'm ready now. Well, what do you hate about them? When I was a kid, I'd get sick. You got sick on them? So it was like I had like no choice. Like the motion choice. sickness? Motion sickness. So I had no choice. Like I couldn't I couldn't enjoy it. You them. know what that is? What is it? It's the fluid in your ear getting all jumbled around. So what makes me so stupid? Like why? why it's not you. Why? It's just people. <laughs> why? Yeah, but why do some people it's, have some it? Pe- it just happens. Some people have certain abilities to like conquer it. Like the dudes who fly the fighter jets. This is some bullshit. You hear like the G-lock and all that or like they get all dizzy disoriented yeah. that's yeah. just because the way you figure out what's up and down is there's just a little sack of fluid in your ears and because gravity's pulling it down it knows which way but then when you flip it and you undergo g's and stuff it gets mushed around and then when you it's like when you spin is like that fluid spinning in your ear and then yeah. you get spinny yes yeah, it's like the that's... same thing it's just it happens like my girlfriend has it she has she has the motion sickness yeah but that's some, it's some that. bullshit though like, you know like it just like it, i feel like it's holding me back no, I don't think it is. I could be I a little coaster fanatic. There's, there's stuff to help, like Dramamine and stuff. Do I got to take drugs to go to Canopy, though? Like, is that what we If doing? it helps you enjoy the roller coasters, <laughs> why not? If it makes it more enjoyable, why wouldn't That's you do it? That's true. Instead of dealing with feeling like crap every time you go on one. Nah, the thing is, I just like... But then my, my answer would just be to not go on one. Well, if you want to go on one, why wouldn't you take a little well, pill? That I want to give it another shot. I'm hoping that, like, when I was younger, maybe like things were different, and now, like, I'm older. What is it? every seven years, your entire body's different, right? Like, your all your cells die and grow yeah. back. Who knows? Maybe some shit's changed. Like, maybe yeah, like give it you a know, shot. Give me, give it another shot. Uh, I want maybe nothing too crazy. Maybe I'll start on like even just something simple, like like Da Vinci's Dream. I don't know if I want. Well, maybe just like on like the. Like, I think it's called the Vinci's Dream. You're on, like, the, the swing, a big swing that spins you in a circle. Oh, yeah, the swings? The swing, yeah, I think. Well, you're actually in, like, a, you're, a swing. Yeah, you're in, like, a little swing, and it goes, you go in a circle. Yeah, up in the air. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I those. think that's called the Vinci's Dream. It might not be. It may be. I don't know the names. But, like, even just start something simple like that, mm-hmm. and then just work my way up until I get sick. Yep. That might be Until you get sick. Yeah, I feel like or I'm Or just pushing, pushing your edge. Yeah, try to, find where where the, try to find where the limit is. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a scary um, adventure trying to find your limits, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, like, the preconception of, like, oh, I'm going to be sick if I go on a roller coaster is going to be part of the reason you feel sick on a roller coaster. If you didn't have that thought in your head, I feel like there's definitely less chance you'd feel sick on the roller coaster. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like some people think it into existence. Like, yeah, like affirmations almost. But, like, yeah, or being like, oh, I'm going to get sick when I go on this thing. And then they go on it and they get sick because they told themselves they would be sick. That's very. I feel like that, that applies to other stuff. Is you think it into say. existence? Do you think you can think positive things into your, into existence as well? Sure. I think it's a lot easier to think negative things because mm. you get scared about them and you just focus on it. Because again, we're only, we're only seeing that one side of the coin. Yep. So you, and that's like always what starts. Because mm-hmm. you know you can't like what are you gonna do like? I think everything has a trade off. Like, anything that's really good can be equally as bad. Yeah. Anything that's bad can be equally as good. In a sense. Yeah. So, like, let's think of... What am I going to think about? Pancakes. I love pancakes, dude. Mm -hmm. They're so good. Yeah. But then, like, you know, 
because your expectations for pancakes are high now. We mm. love pancakes. Yeah. Um, if I had like a really fucking nasty pancake, ruin it. It would be awful. Like it would be way worse than having like a nasty cucumber, <laughs> where it's like. Because you have a high expectation. Because I have pancakes, but not, right. it's just a cucumber. Right. Who cares if it's what it tastes like? It's good. Precisely. So that's yeah. the kind of the whole anything that can be as that that good can be that bad. That's that's good. Because your expectation has now been set yeah. for that good, so they can really disappoint you. Mm-hmm. You know, your family. Well, disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even disappoint. Well, yeah, actually, but most I'm pretty sure most murders happen within family. Mm. So like really yeah, this makes sense. There's a relationship. You can only love someone as much as you hated someone. You only hate someone as much as you can love somebody, because they can let you down, or they can, they can be someone you hate. You have like a real hatred towards. So if they do something nice to you, for you, like go out of their way for you. you, see, we see it in movies all the time. Like two enemies, like the enemy will like the enemy will do something like good for like the good guy, and they'll be mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. And that will change your entire perspective of them because you had them as pinned as such a bad person. You mm-hmm. would never have expected good behavior. Good behavior, like yeah. quadruples. Yeah. Or like the bad kid in class way back in the day. You remember back in the day you'd sit in class and there would be like the kid that just would be awful. Yeah. But like the teacher kind of liked them low key, you know? And when they were good in class, they'd like point out that they were good. Like, oh, you did a good job today. Mm. It highlights when you do the opposite of what you're expected to do. Right. Okay, I get it. That's just uh, you know a little rant of mine. I've oh. been thinking, I, that, you know, that makes sense. You know what I mean? You can only be as good as you are. Well, not all you can, but like you can be as good as you are, bad or bad as you are. Yeah. Oh man, that was intense. That was mm-hmm. a lot. So anyway, um, when you were, I was gonna segue this better when you said the thing about Costa Rica, but then I decided not to. But what? So you went Yellowstone. Yeah. And where else should you go? Anywhere else? Just Yellowstone. Uh, Grand Teton. It's right next to it. Word. So you told me a little. You told me when you were about to go, and you mm-hmm. told me like what your plan was, and then you told me about the the what was it, the, the the debacle at like the at, like the entrance, or something. Oh yeah. So you told me about that, but I forget first first of all. You want me to go through it? And I want to hear like what the experience was like. Like how cool was that? It was cool. So we started off. We thought. So we went kind of three places. Right. Went to this place in Idaho. So Idaho is actually where the town of West Yellowstone is in. So on the way into the park, you cross into Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to this town called Rexburg in Rexburg. Idaho. Because when we looked it up, it said there was like sand dunes and stuff. So we went like dune buggying. So we were like, oh, there's this town. There's like a hotel. So we just stayed in a hotel for a night or two when mm-hmm. we first got there. Because it was like halfway between Salt Lake City, where we flew into and got a rental car, and West Yellowstone. So we went there. So you start in Salt Lake City? We drove a rental car, Toyota Corolla, four hours to Rexburg, and then another two hours. I was going to say, that's pretty far. It was a lot of driving. Toyota Corolla? It did great. Shout out Toyota Corolla. That's my way. I got a Toyota Corolla. But But you'll like this. We went, so we went to Rexburg. Okay. And we thought it was going to be like a cool, like, Idaho town. You know, there was the sand dunes. It wasn't really what we thought it was, but it was, the sand dunes were cool. We did like a dune buggy in the sand dunes. That was awesome. That's cool. Rexburg was Mormon, wicked Mormon. No, that was interesting. So I guess that's where the Idaho BYU campus is. Interesting. So we saw it. Yeah, a lot of really young families. <laughs> we went to. 
We went to Walmart, and there's, like, girls who look like our friend's age, just with, like, three-year-old kids. What the fuck? So they all just get married and have kids wicked young. Yeah, because, you know. It was so different. That makes sense here. to me. No, it does. Because they're mm. not allowed to, like, you know, the whole pre-marriage thing. Yeah. So they just get married. Wicked yeah. young. You ever heard about, um, I forget what it's called. I think it's called, like, pooling or something. Or whatever um. it is. Like, you know what I'm talking about? What's the word? What's the you know what I'm talking about though? It's like soaking. Soaking. Yeah, I've heard of it. So we have we don't have to describe soaking. No. But like you know what soaking is. Yeah. It's funny. look up soaking if you have the time. All to all viewers, if you <laughs> don't look up soaking, but like if you're interested and you want to know a little something. The urban about, dictionary of it. Urban dictionary will tell you some so shit about soaking. Specific Ooh. to Mormon people. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> All right, yeah. I also, okay. I tried to order a, a beer at the restaurant, and they were like, uh, we don't do that. It's really? Bad. Mormons don't drink, I guess. I didn't know Alcohol that is part. a sin, I guess. All I knew That's was the, uh, the the sex part and just like how, that. They dress how that very modestly. Them. Like, I didn't see anyone really in, like, shorts outside yeah. in I the really, middle yeah. of the summer. It's all like I realized. Uh, the reason why I realized that was because like I knew I knew a lot of these things because it all roots from the sex part. It all roots from that, like in reality, because like yeah. there's no, you don't want to be like. I think it's like tempted or something. Yeah, you don't want. Like, they want you to you, be like modest. Yeah, you want to be modest, which makes sense because you yeah. don't want to. Because in the end, it's all about not having sex until marriage. So and so there's no real need to like market yourself. Yeah, but it was <laughs> to, interesting. That's it really was, really wild. Did I mean, they have, seemed completely normal just besides dressing sure. modestly. They didn't serve alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense though. Well, I mean, like we tend to think of these people that like do different shit as like very different from us. Yeah. They're not. They just live. They think they probably look at us and think we're wicked weird. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, look at these. Look how they dress. Look how these kids dress. Look at. I can see his knees. Oh my god. I don't know if it's that intense, but oh my god, his knees. What the fuck? Nah. His shoulders. (sighs) Shoulders are showing. This is bullshit. Yeah. Um, But it was funny. That's cool. So then continue. So then we went to Yellowstone. And like a week before we went out, there's this huge flood that like destroyed the top like entrance. So they closed the park down. We didn't think we'd even be able to go in there. And then they just, they opened it. But basically it was like on even days of the calendar, people whose license plates ended in an even number could go into the park. Oh. Odd days, people with odd, because they had to limit the amount of people. Because basically Yellowstone is a big eight. So there's a figure eight. There's a grand, it's called the Grand Loop, and it's a big eight, and the top half of the eight was closed. Still? And then there's entrances from two in the north, one on the east, one on the west. Or no, I just did that backwards. And then one from <laughs> the south. Okay. So we did, like, and it's huge. It's like the entrance roads looks tiny on the map, mm-hmm. but they're like 30 miles long. Okay. So 30 miles? They're wicked long. Entrance? The entrance roads. The what actual the whole fuck? loop of the thing is ginormous. How big is it? Huge. A couple million square miles. Yeah, look it up. All right, so what would I even look up? Like, <laughs> size of Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yellowstone National Park. And you can see the map. You can see Holy the road. Da- what? 3,471 square miles. Okay, 3,000. Yeah, and that's it's 3,000 miles across the U.S., Two million, two million, two hundred twenty-one thousand acres. Yeah, I was talking. I was trying to say, acre, yeah, acres, two which acres. makes it larger than Rhode Island and Delaware combined. Yeah, that is some bullshit. This is crazy. It's huge. 
and you can't even get to big. most of the places because it's just for the wildlife. That's the whole point of it. It's the only reason conserved. we can go in there so we can look at it. But the whole point wow. of it is just to keep it exactly how it was. So that's Wyoming? And Montana. It goes into Montana, too. But that's all Wyoming got to offer, right? No. I, we, <laughs> oh, there's Grand right? Teton National right. Park right below oh, yeah, it. And those yeah, are yeah. gorgeous. So well, Those were super pretty. So you, so you went into... So we did. Basically, we went and we went. So we could only see the bottom loop. So we went in from the west entrance. Which is entrance. still more than you could ever even gauge in that. Yeah, and there's just pull-off spots along the roads. So it's like you pull off and you go see Grand Prismatic Spring, which you could look up a picture of. It's super pretty. I'm doing it. And you just pull off the roads to all these tourist destinations because that's what they did is it was just a wagon road, and they just determined this is the path to go see all the cool stuff. But then to get really deep, you'd start doing, like, the hikes in to, like, go hike this mountain, and that's when you see, like, all the wildlife in there. Wow. We saw everything anyways from the road. This is beautiful. Yeah. We did, like, the bottom half of the loop one day, and then we the second day we were allowed in, we did the top part and then went all the way down the south and drove to Jackson, Wyoming. So why is it why is it so pretty here? <laughs> is it just because the Rockies? Is it because it mountains? hasn't been touched? Yeah. So, you know, it's really sad to me, though. Like, it used to all be like this shit. Yeah. Like, all throughout the whole country. Mm-hmm. That's fucking... That's, that's sad. Why the National Parks thing is so important. This isn't Like, this Roosevelt is did that. That was all Roosevelt. Yo, Roosevelt was that fucking dude. He was that guy. Yeah. It really looked like they this? They talked about him a lot in all the museums and stuff in there. Because he was like, he was their guy. Yeah. Wow. This so it really had these colors? Yeah. Wow. Yo, look this up. Look up Grand Prismatic Spring. If you all you guys haven't seen it. I don't know if I've seen this. There's before. a hike to the lookout that we did. This is that's beautiful. like the above. And then you can go right next to it on those boardwalks. Did you go above? And the boardwalks. You went to both. So you're like yeah. right there kinda. It's right next to you. You literally just park wow. it. You in got the pictures, lot and you dude. Walk. You must so have taken many. pictures. Yeah. That is incredible, bro. Wow. That's really, really cool. I love yeah. shit like that. I yeah. really do. It's like a... I, I don't realize I love it until I see it. I think that's it's everybody, like, though. And it's like, you go to New Hampshire, and it's really pretty, and, like, the mountains feel big, and you do a hike, but it's nothing compared it's, to what it's like out there. I think the mountains are probably... I don't know if they're younger or not, but they're just way taller. Yeah. yeah. So much bigger. Makes sense. I mean, they're A lot more huge. rocky. Like, yeah. Like, all of the ones in, in, like, New Hampshire and stuff are... Just feel like they're covered in forests and covered in trees until you get above the tree line, but it's still, like... Just vegetation everywhere. High key, everybody should just like vacate Wyoming, and we should just make that like the spot for like nature. Like, well, that's why the, there's barely any people live there. They just love living out there on the land. But yeah. actually, the, didn't, didn't Kanye? Doesn't Kanye got like a bunch of yes, acres out he there? He has a ranch. That's what I was gonna say. So there's Teton County. Wait. So the Tetons. Okay. If the Tetons are this stretch of these wicked pointy mountains of like five or seven peaks. And then there's just flat plains leading up to them. There used to be like a giant river. Wow. And there's just ranches on those plains of like multi-million dollar real estate. And it's just the, I forget what it was, but Teton County, like that area Mm -hmm. in like Jackson, Wyoming is like the most expensive place to live in the U.S., really yeah i think look if you look it up it's like some fact it's like the most expensive or like people worth the most amount of money was it teton look up teton county oh shit 
Teton County. It is just because of the views of those mountains. Um, mountains. I'm just gonna look at mountains. I just want to see what what we're talking. Is it is it spelled Titan? No, oh. Teton. T i t a n. T e t o n. T e t o n. T e t o n. Okay, T n. Okay, here we go. Hold up. Oh wow. Oh wow. Mhm. Whoa, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so like these ranches are like super expensive. So expensive. So like mm, multi-million County. dollar ranches. Um, ranch price. This might help, you know. Yeah. How much would this cost? Whoa! Average price of land listings and ranches for sale here is seven million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Very whoa, very whoa, expensive. Whoa. So is this where is this where Ye is at? <laughs> I think he's somewhere out there. Is he? I don't know exactly. <laughs> Let me look at where in Wyoming. Does Kanye have a ranch? Maybe he sold the ranch though. He needs to go out nowadays. Um, near Cody, I don't know where that is. Oh, that's that's right there. That's the right town. next to it. Nearly four thousand acres. Cody's the ranch. town next to Jackson. Oh wow! It's no longer, in no longer on the market. Oh wow! <laughs> Yeezy Campus. That's what it's called. <laughs> but yeah, it's out there. <laughs> that's sick as fuck. All right, so um. That, uh, those were really cool. So you got to super cool. go to both of those areas. Yeah. We spent a few days in Jackson. I've been to Jackson before, actually, in the winter. Oh, really? Yeah, because right now it's you like one ski, of the peaks. Right? Yeah, one of the yeah. peaks next to uh, the park, or in the park, Teton Park, is uh, Jackson Hole Mountain Resort. Okay. So that was, that was the first place I ever skied out, like, west. Yeah. So anywhere out of New England. So do you feel like... Um... So you've been there. Where else have you been? Uh, Snowbird in Alta. Okay. Was my next one, and then Park City. All right. So do you find do you find yourself like liking these places more than here? Like, would you move out? Would <laughs> yes. you leave? That's why I went in the summer. <laughs> so you so you probably. That's why I wanted to see what it was like in the summer. I mean, I would live there. I just don't think I could actually permanently live there. Yeah. It would be really fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. In terms of skiing, those places are like. 10 times magnitude better than anything on the east coast here i can imagine yeah. like the east coast is like icy out there it's just powder it's just it's, yeah they get dumped on they get a ridiculous amount of snow like when we went to jackson they had a record-breaking season they got over a thousand inches of snow that what year the fuck? what yeah yeah it snowed and then when we went here to snowbird it snowed four feet in the three days we were there really it didn't stop it stopped snowing one day and then it snowed the entire rest of the day. Wow. And you know what they have to do to open up those mountains because there's such high avalanche risk? What? Bombs. What? Yeah. That's how the entire day you're skiing. They close. Like, there's so much snow. It's such a high avalanche risk. They have to cause the avalanches when they know no one's there. So it doesn't happen when people are skiing it. Because people skiing can cause those avalanches. Because there's so many and, like, so much action and all that. It's just so steep. And then the, the snow is, like, soft above, like, the hard pack layer. Like, the snow, it so snows just, and then it, it, me- like, melts in the sun. So they it just nuke the down, bitch. And then it's hard. And then it's just, like, a slippery surface. So, if eventually, if there's too much snow and it's too steep a slope, any little thing, someone skiing across it causes that whole face to just slide. Wow. And then it's, like, you're, you just, yeah, you're, dead. you're not a very good high chance of, uh surviving avalanche they have scary. airbags now you so you wear a backpack and it has a big co2 canister and a big airbag thing 
and if you get in a slide they call them slides you pull it and it's like this big airbag and it floats you to the top because the avalanche acts like water it acts like like liquid when it's sliding really yeah does it dude you're fucking you know a lot of shit i know a lot about the skiing stuff <laughs> but yeah you could like there was some times when we were skiing where you turn yeah. And it was so deep that the snow would be up to, like, your face and you couldn't see. What? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yo, it's skiing, crazy. Skiing's crazy. And uh, the town of Alta, where we stayed in, has a howitzer cannon from World War II that they used to do that bombing. They, they do shoot, that with that? They shoot the howitzer. I think they're about to retire it. Aww. But they shoot the howitzer <laughs> over the town and it, the shells explode and that causes the avalanche to occur on, like... The spots they know are avalanche prone. What the So like fuck? four in the morning, they actually locked us in our house. because It was called Interlodge because there's such a high risk of an avalanche coming and hitting the house. All the houses are shaped so their roofs are like snow plows against where it would slide from. So it would just slide off and not destroy the house. They lock you inside because it's too fuck? dangerous. They don't. You don't know when there's going to be an avalanche. And then they, at like five in the morning, you just, it looks like lightning and you hear the bombs and it's just them shooting a howitzer cannon at like predestined, like in the dark, like predestined coordinates. They know is going to hit this face, this face. And then you go ski it and they're like, all right, this zone's closed. This zone's closed. This zone's closed. And because of the bombs. No, because they haven't bombed yet. (laughs) You can ski where they bombed. Can you see like the impacts? Yeah. It looks like. Like just like a bunch looks of like a bomb on looks off. like a bunch of like black and gray <laughs> stuff in the snow and a huge crater. It looks like a crater on the moon. That is, amazing. and it's really easy to see because it's like snow's wicked white. But then you're skiing and it's snowing and you can't see because the visibility's bad. And then out of nowhere, you feel it in your chest this huge compression, and you, they're you're like, oh, they're bombing right over that ridge. <laughs> like they're bombing that zone. And then later that day, that zone opens. You can go ski it, and it's like a mad rush. Like people trampling each they other. They want to get to the to get the first tracks down that snow because it's Cause so it's, amazing. Yeah, it's like nothing else. Have you done that? Yeah, you... <laughs> we were on the chairlift at Snowbird, and it uh, was uh, it was the little cloud zone. It was what it was called. Yeah, it was at the top right of the resort, and we were with my aunt and uncle, and like my, my brothers, and some dude in the line was like they're about to open it patrol's about to open it and there's this line and then we as we're like getting to the top of the lift there's just like like 70 people waiting and the patrol opens the line and it's a mad rush and like on the chairlift it's like this huge giant bowl of snow and you see it's like a waterfall it's like the first guy goes and just jumps in the next guy jumps in next to him and it's like just a waterfall of skiers going down trying to get the first tracks wow and we just went and like Dudes were falling, like my cousin fell, and like people just push you out of the way. They're like, get out of yeah, my way. Yeah, they want the they want the first yeah. go. And we did like five laps. Is it like that much better to go on like the first go? Or is it just like a is it like not like kinda like a thing? Yeah. You feel like you're floating. It's like it's really it's really fun. Yeah, dude. I've I don't, never you, been you I haven't felt like a feeling of like weightlessness like that until you go. It's so fun. That's what everyone chases. That's why everyone goes out there. That's why half the people who ski out there live there. Mm, so many ski first. bums. Yeah, ski bums. Yeah. Ski yeah. bums, they just fuck work all summer long doing shit jobs, working as servers, working whatever, fire patrols in the 
winter summers yeah so they have money to just spend and ski every single day wow that's yeah. fast we met a handful say, of them one They're day pretty you're, funny. you're gonna be you're gonna be a skier in the winter and then you'll be a golfer in the summer yeah and that'll be all you do all day <laughs> how nice would that dream. be that'd be a dream my dad's actually he just retired from like the finance industry Wow. And so he I mean, he taught me how to ski and everything. So mm-hmm. I've been skiing since I was like four. Yeah. Right. Um, he and my all my aunts and uncles, like he has four other siblings. All of them ski raced. Well, I haven't told you all this. No. Okay. I'll get into it. Uh, they all ski raced. So like we in, go to Waterville like Valley. Like they ski raced like. Raced, raced. My really? uncle was on the U.S. team for a little bit. What? He, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll explain it. So. I was like. It starts lost. with my grandparents. All on right. my dad's side. This is a family friends thing. friends who had a place in Waterville Valley. My grandparents loved it so much, they bought a condo up there. Really? Which way back then was like nothing. Mm-hmm. So they bought a condo up there. We still have it, and we still go to it every weekend in the winter. Like, that's where we ski when me, Ethan, and Henry have gone. And, like, you guys me go and Henry, up there? We go to Waterville. That's cool. Because that's where, like, my family goes. So, yeah. So we go to Waterville, and there's cannon around it. But basically, they got it. They put all my dad and siblings into the ski racing program. So every single Friday night, they would jump in a Suburban and drive from Massachusetts two and a half hours to Waterville. Wow. And then they'd, they'd do practices on Saturdays, racing on Sundays. Wow. All, all around there, up there in New Hampshire. And they got and, nice. Uh, so like they were good. Yeah, they were really good. <laughs> One of my uncles um, was like the top racer in the like, no- Northeast. So then wow. he went to Burke Academy in Vermont to finish out high school and stuff. So you got a scholarship to ski race there. Okay. That's like the top ski racers on like the Olympic teams and everything go there. Then yeah, the Vermont skiing is good, right? Vermont skiing is good, yeah. Okay. We, we just don't get the snow like they do out west here. Right. And then he went to Colorado University on scholarship and ski raced for right, them. Yeah, and then he was imagine. on the U.S. team for a bit, but he had a bunch of knee problems and eventually just blew his knee out. Wow. And now he ski race coaches um, for the towns. He coaches? Right near me. Yeah. <laughs> I ski race senior year of high school. Did you? Yeah. Were you nice? You must I got good. way better than I thought I would. And it was really fun, and I wish I did it all of high school. Yeah, you, mu- you would have been year. nasty. It's in your blood. My best placement was 27th. And out of 100? Like, how many? Like 200. 200. A lot of people. Wow. That was really good. I was like third on my team and I started off like not even like the top seven ski racer times are your varsity. Yeah. I wasn't even varsity. Like first ski race I did, I like missed all the gates (laughs) and like got disqualified. Yeah. You get two runs a race. Yeah. I got to DQ twice. That's probably crazy though. So I didn't get a time. What what was that like though? It was so fun. So there's two, there's two (laughs) types of ski racing. There's giant slalom and then there's slalom. You've probably seen videos. It probably giant definitely. slalom is like these double gates and you have to go in between them yeah right? that's what but I. But the slalom like is about. the one with the single gates that you punch oh like those one that the like ones one... that fall down and come back up and you have you have to hit on. those those were that was that's so how that works yeah you have to punch them because they... you have because they're so tight uh, I'm so that stupid. you have to get your skis right uh, next to them and you have to lean into your turn yeah so if you're if the bottom of the pole is like six inches from your foot but you're leaning like two feet this way it's gonna hit you right here so you have these guards on your hands. And so when you, you turn and you hit it out of your way, turn and you hit it out of your way. Do you have to hit it? Yeah. That's part of like the points? Yeah, system? they're so close. You have to turn so sharply. There's no way you couldn't hit them. Well, um, yeah, but I'm saying like for hmm, 
like, so I wonder, so that wasn't, like, the point of it's not, like, to hit him, though. Like, the point no. of it's just to go. But The like, point is you have to go in just between the, them. Just, like, the way that, like, you need to turn. They needed to make them like that because otherwise people would just be smashing into these things all the time if they were, like, yeah. sturdy. Yeah, some of them are literally the space of this table apart. Really? Yeah. So you have to go, like, boom, boom. Really quick. Wow. Yeah. That's really sick. I didn't really know fun. that's what they were doing. I thought that they were just, like, getting really close and just kind of, like, brushing them because some of them that's what the giant slum is you get really cl- as close as you can because they're spaced farther out you don't need to hit them yeah you can just get them but and it slows you down when you hit but you have to install them that's just the way you do it yeah slalom was fun they did they would slap down and then slap up and hit you in the butt <laughs> and you had to wear like uh you had to wear a racing suit <sighs> see i had to my coach let me borrow one of one he had but it's like a same thing as like a singlet in powerlifting. Yeah. Just, oh. It's thicker and it's warmer and it goes all over you. So I had like it looked like I was like Spider Man. That's sick. Yeah, it's basically just a wicked thick morph suit that doesn't have the head cover. That is, dude. That is. I. I but it like... made it like because it was skin tight, you know. Just it was like pretty thick, so you were warm in it. But then it would slap you in the butt and it would just sting. So skiing's like a big part of your life. Yeah. Massive. That's honestly part of the reason I chose uml because it's pretty close to skiing really yeah where were the other schools wpi northeastern rpi really new york yeah interesting those are the top ones uh, how isn't like is northern new york got a lot of snow and good good ski life up there do you know in some spots yeah because it's yeah. pretty close to canada i can imagine dude because i know like i've been Syracuse to canada too like crazy to go uh, oh really in montreal you've been to montreal i've been to montreal just to be in Montreal. You're and a little travel guy, ain't you? Montremblant to ski once. <laughs> you be you be bouncing all over the bitch. Yeah, that's crazy. Yes, I do. So where would you want to like live in a perfect world? For Say, the rest of my life, Mass or New Hampshire. Really? Somewhere in the Northeast. I don't want to. I don't want to live anywhere else permanently. Than here. Mm-hmm. I just don't think I could. I mean, so like, up, but like, everyone's like, I love the Northeast so much. Yeah. But if I were, I'd consider Salt Lake City. I would. I like Salt Lake. Salt Lake City. You liked it. Was that dope? Yeah. But the thing is, the reason is because so I've been to Snowbird and Alta. Yeah. So they're on the same mountain range, just different ways to get there. Okay. And it's a forty-minute drive from Salt Lake City, and then a thirty-five-minute drive to the other one. Oh, so you're so in it's the like middle. So close. Oh, that's fire. It's right fire. there. It's all right there. It's a forty-minute drive from the airport to these places. That's, that's how close they are. That's really cool. I was never a big skier. I feel like I would. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have done it if my family didn't, like, make me go as a four-year-old. Yeah, like, I've skied a couple a lot times of fun. in the past. Maybe, like, three times I've gone skiing, four times even. Really? Um, I think I'm nasty. Like, I like I think for, for, for a starter, for someone that doesn't ski, then again, I got this massive ego issue, Liam. <laughs> I think, like, I'm pretty humble, I think. <laughs> As but, you just said, I have this mac- massive No, it's a issue. weird dichotomy I got going on. Okay. It's really strange. All right, let's Because it. it's a little bit of both. Because I feel, I feel like in an overall grand scheme of things, like I'm pretty, I don't know if humble is the right word. Because I feel like humble almost indicates that you underestimate yourself. But I don't think humble can has to mean that. I feel like humble just means you know what you're capable of. You just don't brag about it. I feel, humble is just you, you're not bragging about it. Okay, so I feel like I'm semi-humble. I, I don't brag about it. I, I won't bring shit up for yeah. no reason. If we're talking about it, though, like, yeah, What's I matter? think I'm nice with it. Like, I, I just Good. think, like, pretty much all things across the board. Like, yeah. 
there's very that's few, a healthy thing to think there's two things that i'm like stuff. that i'm like nah that's that ain't me like there's not yeah, a lot of things that i'd say like that basketball i suck at basketball but yeah but like how, i don't understand how people could think like say like because i think of legit any sport i'm like i'd be i right. like just just throw me no, out that's there true. i got to think of soccer i'm like dude i i never I play played soccer. soccer i have no foot coordination but i swear to god like just throw me out there, like I'll be better than your average scrub. I just I played soccer. That was so my you'd sport. be okay. That makes sense. You got. Yeah. You probably were good at boxing kids out. Were you defense? I was kind of like center, defensive mid. So like in the midfield, coordinating everything, but also being right in front of defense. I feel like like how could I be a bad defensive? I just because I know like you know big no. thing with soccer is like a lot of it's knowing where to be. Yeah. So if you're in the right place, mm-hmm. even if you suck, if you're yeah. in the right place, you're helping tremendously. Yep. And then also your body it's is very physical. If you people can, don't think it's like a you big box people sport, out the whole that's time. That's all it is. That's what it is with that. That's how basketball is too. Yeah. People don't. Same people thing. sleep on hoop because like yeah, it, it's, it's all physical. It's a con. I looked this up the other day. I was talking to Leanna about it. She was like, "Oh, can Mike play contact sports while he is mo- well? Because Mike has mono right now." Yeah. He was like, "Can he play contact sports?" Because she needed someone extra for soccer. I was like, "Soccer's not contact technically." Said no, it is. And we looked it up. So yeah. technically, soccer and basketball—they are contact sports. Yeah. What they're not is collision sports. Okay, football is a collision sport. Football, hockey, rugby, rugby—those things. They're yeah. collision. So that makes sense to me. That's a that good. Does make I sense. like that distinction, because they are contact. Anybody trying to tell me that boxing? I do. I bar. I was a center in basketball. Okay. I box out these six, seven yeah. behemoths. If anyone tries to tell me. That it ain't contact. Get out of your fucking tree. I take charges too. You know how charge works oh, yeah. in basketball. I know. Taking the chest, you just get fucking yeah. destroyed. My youngest brother's really good at basketball. Is he? Yeah. Dude, bring him up. Tell him to come hoop with me. Yeah. That's but awesome. He, I was but here's say, the issue: he I, I, loves taking charges. So that's do like I. his role. Is he little? Is he, no, he's taller than me. Really? Yeah, he's like he's almost six foot now. Is he my height though? How tall are you? Six, like six feet. Yeah, probably. Because basketball. A in high school. Yeah, basketball. You're. He's you, actually not playing this year because he wants to ski. Yeah. No, dude. <laughs> We're not. I'm not losing him to skiing, am I? He dude? chose. He chose. Zach. What's your brother's name? His name's Connor. Connor. And then I got another one, Aiden. Both younger. Yeah. So you're big, bro. I am. And cousin. So what's that everything. about? So what's, what, do you, what do you mean? What's that about? It's just the one born. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying. Because you call. Because they call you little bro around here. Oh, I don't know. Which is stupid. I think it's just because I'm shorter than most of you guys. Fuck that shit. First of all, I don't care at all. It's more. I, I just it's funny. I don't know. I think you're just like very like. I don't know. You're just mad chill. And so it's just like little bro. Like, what's up, bro? But I don't, I, I never call you little bro. But it doesn't bother me. Just letting you know. Yeah. Well, what's uh? So you're an older brother. Yeah. I like looking at family like um dynamics dynamics because I think it's yeah. very interesting. So do you feel like? Because I wouldn't strike you. You don't strike me as an older brother for some reason. Really, I feel like middle. You strike me as like no. a middle child. Me and my brothers are very close. We're like yeah. super close. So like I don't like talk like once. So Aiden is a junior at Fairfield University. Ah. Uh, okay. Connor is a senior in high school. He wants to go to Providence. So you're like the oldest. I am. I also know? don't have any cousins. Who are older than me. So you're so the I'm oldest like, in the whole family. Yeah. You're the first. I'm the first. What the fuck? Yeah. Does that have any type of burden? No. Do you feel at all like I'm I the leader? Care. Like I lead the way? I guess a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, now that, now that like, they're all like 
in college about a go to college they all asked me like i had one of my cousins who lives in vermont be like ask me about engineering and stuff yeah and all that so, so you kind of they do to... ask me about stuff but yeah. most of them are just younger like most of them aren't even in high school yet yeah i do a lot of like really that, yeah i got younger ones so you're kind of like so my cousin alex i just had him on yeah um he's seven years older than me okay um yeah he kind of he was he's first in the family though he's our first like yeah technically so he's first in the family and he uh and he's also the oldest brother, obviously, because he's yeah. the first of him. He's the oldest brother. And I, I didn't talk to him about it, but I was thinking about it because I was like, yo, like, I just know I'm so in the middle. In my cousin spectrum, I'm in the dead middle. <laughs> Our family is works like this. We have older cousins and younger cousins. Yep. Like there's, there's a big gap. There's a, and there's like, there's like a little, there's a gap. But in that gap is like where me and my cousin Devin lie yeah and we just picked one because he's a little older than me so he went over there and i went over here to little mm-hmm. kids so i'm technically when we make when we make tables at weddings or something i i'm sitting with all the younger kids yeah but they're all around my age they're all That's older good. now so it all works out but like and then they sit all together and they're like the older ones and it's just like so i kind of led my little pack mm-hmm. and they led their little pack yeah. and it was just like a weird i don't know families are really cool to me because it really does determine who you are I'm very, big on my very own. big, very big part of that. What is it? Nature it. over nature, nurture, nurture over nature. Yeah, because like you're just you're you're raised into the person you end up being. Exactly. And a lot of that has to do with, like, the who you're around the most. Your family. Yeah, and it's not even just their personalities. It's like what position that puts you in power wise. Like that's true. My sister is five years older than me. Mm-hmm. I only have one sister. She's five years older than me. Yeah, and um. She's also very mature, though. So she's a mature, she, she grew up being mature. She wants to be a teacher when she was five years old. She ends up being a teacher. She's just one of those people. Good. Knows what she wants to be and was it. And so she always was, like, teaching me, like, because yeah. she wanted to be a teacher. She'd, like, line me up with her dolls and yeah. teach me. And she'd always be, like, helping me. And she did everything first, like, college and all that. So she helped me with that. So really, she was, like, a mom, mm-hmm. you know? So that's going to yeah. make her a great mom. That's one good. Day, and a great teacher because she had to basically help mm-hmm. raise a kid. Whereas me, it's like I had so much support my from whole life. From my my dad was uh, does everything I need. Yeah. I'm, my mom and my sister mom. Yeah. They did everything for me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm not like taken care of, or if I'm not like, if people don't follow through, I like get fucking confused. Cause like yeah. to me, whenever I was something was like supposed to happen, it happened. Like they always would take care of me, make sure things happen. So I have that little like, I don't understand not following through on things. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. So it's just, but it's just like, um, I just think no, that that's really cool. I yeah. love that shit. I love that. Do you know any like parts of your life that you feel like have been directly impacted by being maybe the oldest or maybe one of your family dynamics, anything? Yeah. I feel like I work very individually. Right. Like right. I often, like I never really like would ask for help on like homework and stuff. And sometimes it comes to nips me in the butt. Like I forgot to do the FAFSA. Right. I just didn't tell anyone. Or I just didn't remember. Yeah. So like, my parents were like, oh, I kind of just assumed you knew. Yeah, because you're just. And then I also, I this summer, I had someone hack into my bank account <gasps> and take six grand. No way. Really? Like, all the co-op money I made and transferred it to another bank account. And so I was trying to figure it out. But my parents, my parents helped me. But at first, they didn't really, like, give me that much because they were, like, busy working. Like, because I called them or I, like, came downstairs. I was home and I was, like, freaking out. And they're like, all right, well, you got to relax. Like, I'm working. And then <laughs> and then they explained to me later. They are like, look, like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't help you right away. I didn't really realize how big your situation was because we're so used to you just having everything figured out. 
they said. Hey. They're like, usually when you're a kid, you kind of just like did your stuff and didn't ask us for help, like homework or like signing up for stuff. You kind of just did it. Yeah. So they're like, that's why we didn't like jump on it with you right away. Did as you intensely as we should. First, did you ever get it figured out? Oh, yeah. I got all it back. Citizens, Citizens Bank. Shout out Citizens Bank. So good. That's they were cr- super nice. I, so I went crush. in in person. I didn't Did have, you? Yeah, I tried calling on the phone, and I just got put on, like, the wait list thing for, like, an hour. And I was like, screw that. Okay, so I just called the actual store. Or store. The actual bank. <laughs> yeah. Right closest to me. Wow. And the lady was like, come in here right away, honey. And she was super, wow. super helpful. Yeah. Wow. So, and, but, then, and then, I, so we figured all that out. They made, basically just made new bank accounts, put all that stuff, closed mm-hmm. the other ones, gave me a new debit card. And then that weekend, I came up here and I lost my wallet. Oh. <laughs> so you need to get a new debit card? So I had to go back and get a new debit card. And oh, like, so yeah, I lost my debit card. And they were like, oh, you're having shit luck. <laughs> they were so funny. That's awesome, though. Yo, shout but out yeah. Citizens? Citizens Bank. Shout out Citizens Don't. Bank. Those are, those are some green cards, right? They're like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like a local answer. bank. They're not a huge bank. Really? They're only in the I use East. a local bank, too. I use a Brookline Bank. Um, I use Charles River Bank. It's in my home. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just like... I don't know. I feel like the, your bank, like, I know people that work at my bank, so it yeah. kind of makes me feel a little bit, makes me feel a little bit better. I don't yeah, know. It does. And, like, they're very nice. Depending but, on um, how confident the person is. Right. <laughs> you, uh, but that's interesting, because I think, um, I know, I like, I said, like, I had all these people that were really supportive in my life, and they always did everything for me. They'd, they'd show, they'd give me whatever I wanted. Yeah. But in that same sense, it's kind of like, the more you're given, the more, the more available resources are to you. It's like almost like the less you want to use them. It's like, yeah. it's kind of like, because it's like you want what you don't have in a way. So mm-hmm. like for me, a lot of what I didn't have was like autonomy because they'd, they'd help me whenever I needed it. So yeah. growing up, yeah, I had them. I had the resources, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of what I did was by myself. Like I was very much individual. I did whatever I, I do. I do what I want. I, yeah. I, I made that very clear from a young age. I do what I feel like doing because I don't like, I don't like needing the help because they felt like I needed it, and I wanted to prove that I was like, yeah, I'm a big boy. You wanted to kind of rebel against. Uh, the yeah, help. exactly. So like, yeah. but my sister gets treated like you do, where like they like they just assume she'll figure all the shit out. <laughs> Whereas me, like my mom texts me like FAFSA, like MIFA, and I'm like, mom, yeah, I so got I, it. I noticed that they do that same stuff with my brothers. Yes, yeah. they they also went through it for the first time with me. Like, yeah. they figured all the college application out for the first time with me. Yeah. And now, like, it's my brother's turns. They they did a way better job. Yeah. No offense to them. But, like, they just knew what to do. Yeah. Well, they of course. It's not it easy. I'm not saying they did, like, a bad job. Of course. Just, like, we didn't tour till late. We didn't, like, go to that many places. Yeah. And then my youngest brother, he probably, like, he's been going on college tours since the summer. Really? Like, they got a head-to-head. That's nice. They knew they're like, all right, summer's when he's least busy. He's not playing a sport. Let's just do college visits now, and that's what he can focus on. They learned. They and, learned kid yeah. to kid to kid. He did good. So theoretically, he should be the best of the three. Yeah, and they've also like, <laughs> they're not as like controlling. I've noticed of him, like they kind of just let him write his essay and like gave him tips. But like, I felt like they wrote it with me. That's they wrote it sister. with me because they were like trying to figure it out for themselves too. So my sister, that she's on a teacher's salary. So like, God yeah. love her. She's still at home right now. Um, so she, but like the dynamics different, but it's still, you can see some things. So when I get my homework, my parents have never, ever, ever seen me do a homework assignment. 
I do them on my own entirely. I, yeah. I've written entire papers between 1 and 4 in the morning, day before school. Yeah. I've done entire projects <laughs> like that. I'm the biggest procrastinator. I was always a decent enough student, so I did fine. But I really, I did everything on my own. They never knew what homework I had. They, as far as they were concerned, I didn't get homework. Yeah. That's what they. That's all I knew. My sister, on the other hand, she does all her homework. Even to this day, like the stuff she has to do for her classes, she goes right to the kitchen table because that's where she'd do her homework as a kid. She'd hmm. go to the kitchen table. She'd do all the stuff. And, like, my parents would walk in. They'd see her. They'd yeah. help her, maybe. They'd ask her what's going on in her classes. How busy are you? Nowadays, it's more like, what are the students like? Um, yeah. Like, what are you doing right now? She's printing out, like, all name tags. And she's going to make, like, she's going to do, like, a Halloween theme. Whatever she's doing. All the work she does. It's crazy. She's up to, like, 8, 8. Like, she's up to, like, 12 at night just doing work. Jeez. It's crazy. She's That's the best teacher, the best teacher in the world. Sure, kids love her. They do, and so she like does all this cool stuff, and but they see everything. Whereas with me, I was always like doing You're, my like, shit mysterious. in secret. Like yeah, all of a sudden, this is a good example. All of a sudden, I was like, I was like, I go up to my parents. I already had this shit all figured out in my podcast, like, how I do it. I thought of the idea. It took me like a year and a half, two years to like actually want to really mm-hmm. do it. And then I just tell my dad, I was like, Hey, I'm ordering a table here, <laughs> like. To, to the house when I first did it at the crib and he was like what do you mean I was like I'm gonna start doing a podcast and he was like what <laughs> like you, you when did you start thinking about this I was like I don't know like two years ago and he was like what why didn't you tell me yeah it's all that and it's uh yeah it's really cool it's really really cool I yes. like family dynamics like that. I think it tells a lot yeah. about a, p- a person yeah but uh Liam how long do you think we've been going for if you were to guess uh 45 minutes hour 20 okay yeah time flies when you're having a yeah. good time yeah so um yeah we're pretty much this is like this is this is the this is the wrap up cool but what was your experience like how was it better than I not expected I was nervous I don't know I was nervous Everyone this was a nervous. lot of fun yeah see this was fun it's yeah. great to come and people love how often do you get to just like talk talk you know yeah, you talk yeah. while you do shit but how often is the goal to talk yeah never we so. used to do that at our place Gershom. You guys, Ethan and Henry. You guys you just... like five at four in the morning. Just and how awesome are those? those so moments. much fun. Those are probably some of the best memories we have. I'm trying to encapsulate ca- that into a podcast. That's yeah. what the goal of the uh, podcast I like it. is. Hey. It works well. Liam. Oh, hello. This is <laughs> an absolute pl- Hello. <laughs> this is an absolute pleasure. You thank you for coming on. Thank you for on. having me. Uh, about 40 episodes too late, but thank you very much. Don't worry about it. All right. It. Bye-bye.